So today, our, uh, the theme for today's sermon is Jeremiah, Messenger of Hope. Now, if you actually know anything about Jeremiah in the Bible, that might seem a little odd. Uh, Jeremiah is one of those prophets in the Old Testament, the first half of the Bible. And he's known for being very open, very honest about his emotions and how he's feeling. You know how someone greets you and say, yeah, how are you doing? And you always say, fine, okay, thanks for asking, something like that. And you say it, even though maybe inwardly you may not be okay. If someone actually asks, you know, how are you doing? And another person responds, well, you know, my back is really killing me today. The teacher yelled at me today. I'm not doing very well. It's a little socially awkward, actually. Jeremiah, he was completely honest. He didn't hide things back. And, and you actually get a glimpse of, of just the range of his emotions with, with just a few examples of things he wrote. He said, You're always righteous, Lord, when I bring a case before you. Yet I would speak with you about your justice. Why does the way the wicked prosper? Why do all the faithless live at ease? He's kind of getting upset with God, isn't he? He doesn't hide that feeling. Or, or this, why is my pain unending and my wound grievous and incurable? You are, to me, like a deceptive brook, like a spring that fails. Or, or this, oh, my anguish, my anguish, I, I writhe in pain. Oh, the agony of my heart, my heart pounds within me. I cannot keep silent, for I have heard the sound of the trumpet. I have heard the battle cry. The enemies are coming. Or, or that, that my head were a spring of water and my eyes a fountain of tears. I would weep day and night for the, stain of, for the slain of my people. He doesn't hide how he feels. And so that's maybe why it seems a little odd that we would call him a messenger of, of hope. Jeremiah wrote another book in the Bible. It's called Lamentation. You know what a lamentation is? It's a cry of, of, of hurt, of pain. He's not exactly a hopeful kind of guy. And yet today, as, as we begin this sermon series, it's called Four Men and the Baby. So we're looking at, at four different prophets in the Old Testament and what they say about that coming baby, Jesus. Today, as we look at Jeremiah, we do see... He is a messenger of hope. So let's talk a little bit about Jeremiah himself. And, and to really understand Jeremiah and his message, you have to understand the time that he lived in. When he first started being a, a prophet, things were great. The, the king of the land of Judah was Josiah. He was a great king. He loved God. He, he promoted people, encouraged them to worship God. In fact, during his reforms and his reign, they found the Bible. Yeah. They had lost what had been written so far at that point, but they found it under him. So people started reading it and learning it and living it and believing it. They, there's a, a resurgence in worshiping God. When Jeremiah started, things were going very well. But then they went downhill. You see, Josiah and the good that he did was just this little blimp. 
in what had been a downward trend. It was just a little blimp, and it kept on going down. Kings before him, kings after him, actually promoted idol worship, encouraged the people to turn away from God and not listen to him, not do what God said. It just, it was bad. Add to that, you have to understand um, all the politics that are going on. I'm not going to delve into all the details. Uh, maybe the best way to summarize it, though, is actually to quote Mr. Rimple. In Wednesday class, for the men's class this last week, he, he called Israel, the land of Israel, a political football. And that's a perfect description. You think of a football in a football game, right? It gets kicked, it gets passed, it gets handed back and forth, back and forth. That is the land of Israel. If you actually had a map, you would see that Israel is actually where three continents join together. You have Europe, you have Asia, and you have Africa. And when you have strong world powers in those, the only way to get to each other is through the land of Israel. And so when uh, the Assyrians in the north are trying to control Egypt in the south, they have to go through Israel. When, when, when the Egyptians are trying to, to break away from the Syrians, they have to go through Israel. And so you can imagine the turmoil that brought for the land of Israel. Being controlled at... Have you ever played the game board game Risk? You actually understand this. If you play Risk from, with only two players, according to the rules, you're, you're supposed to use the other armies, the other colors, and, and you put them kind of as, as neutral armies on the board. And if you play it right, you can have a neutral army between you and the other player. It's a buffer country. That's kind of what Israel was for some. They would take over Israel to be that buffer country against those other com coming from the north. And, and so the devastation that meant for the land of Israel was significant. So why did that happen? I mean, isn't Israel supposed to be the God's people? Well, generation after generation year after year, they fell further and further away from God. They worshipped idols. They didn't listen to God. And so God allowed this again and again, and, and the spiraling down. Countries would come and conquer them, and, and it, the northern part of, of Israel was taken away, destroyed, and soon the southern kingdom would be taken away to Assyria, and that's where you get Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're taken away. And so God sends, in this tumultuous time, God sends Jeremiah to give a message of, of repentance. Repent, change, turn back to God, or it will get worse. And for those people, those few who still believed in God and trusted in him, Jeremiah also had a message of hope. And here's the thing about hope. Certainty brings hope. Let's look at these words of Jeremiah. This is from Jeremiah chapter 33. 
The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the good promise I made to the people of Israel and Judah. God says this. He declares this. And what's he declare? He says, I will fulfill the good promises I made. When God says something, he does it. His word is certain. I mean, just go back to a creation, right? What did he do? He spoke and the world came into being. When God promises to do something, he fulfills that promise. There is certainty in that. So what, what is the certainty? What does he promise to do? Well, let's go back to Jeremiah. In those days and at that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. He will do what is just and right in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it will be called, the Lord, our righteous Savior. God promised he would um, send this, this branch, this, this sprout from the root of David. Um, that's, that's talking about Jesus. See, David, uh, David was that, that king of Israel, that kind of the height of everything. And all the other kings after him, from generation to generation, were, were descendants of David. Until the time of Jeremiah. Eventually, that family line, the, those kings in succession, ended. And there were no more kings from that family. And yet God promises here there'll be a little sprout, a, a little shoot from that stump of that family. Someone from that family line will come. And of course, that's Jesus. You remember Mary and Joseph, why they went to Bethlehem? Because they belonged to the house and line of David. And they went to Bethlehem, the, the town of David, to register for that census. Jesus is that little, little shoot that sprout that came. There is certainty when God promises something, he keeps that promise. Now, we need that hope that comes from that certainty because it is so easy for us to give up at times. How many unfinished projects do you have at home? You do a craft, how many unfinished projects do you have at home? Repair jobs around the house? It's really easy for us to give up on things. When the kids are, are fighting back, pushing back, it's so easy just to give up, right? And maybe that's about doing memory work for Illinois Lutheran schools, or maybe that's Kids not wanting to come to church, and it's just easier not to fight it. Maybe it's, you know, we know we should be in God's word more personally, and that's just easier to push it off for another day. Maybe it's, um, you know, doing that homework for school. Maybe it's, um, 
we know we should go to church, but maybe someone said something at church or didn't do something, and it's just so easy for us to give up on things. It's so easy to do that instead of focusing on the hope that we do have in Christ. Look again what God promised. In these days, and at that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. He will do what is just and right in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it will be called the Lord, our righteous Savior. Jesus is that sprout from David's line, and he will bring righteousness and justice. But that's not a righteousness or justice that we generate. It's something that's given to us. Okay, we just had Thanksgiving, Black Friday. You're already thinking about Christmas gifts? A gift is a gift. It's not something we generate. It's something given to us. This righteousness this justice, this salvation that the righteous branch Jesus will bring, it is a gift. It is not something we generate. It is a gift. It, when, when we are the ones that, that give up way too easily, Jesus never did. When we distract and lose focus, Jesus kept on going. When, where, where we fail and sin all the time, Jesus never did. He gave his life on that cross. That is a certainty for us. Now, for, for Jeremiah, right, his point of view was that Jesus was going to come to do this. From our point of view, Jesus has already done it. But regardless of your, your perspective, the certainty remains. Certainty of salvation, certainty of heaven, certainty of God's promises, and that certainty brings hope. Now, this is where we have a problem with the English language. Because in English, when we use the word hope, there's not usually certainty with it. It doesn't have the same meaning that hope does in the Bible. When we use the word hope, it's something along the lines of, you know, hoping that the Bears will win. There's no certainty with that. It's, it's hope that the kids may have that mom and dad will make a certain meal for supper. There's no certainty in that. It's hope that you're going to get that special present for Christmas. There's no certainty in that. That's the problem with the English word hope. But when the Bible uses the word hope, there's absolute certainty. That's sometimes why you, you might hear pastors say, the sure hope we have, or the certain hope we have. Because when God says something, He does it. When He promises, He keeps that promise. That is a certainty. And that's actually where the, the word amen comes in. You know, amen does not mean the end. I know we say it at the end of a lot of prayers, but it doesn't mean the end. The Hebrew word amen, amen, it has the idea of certainty. It's, yes, this is true. I agree with that. If you ever 
uh, been to a political rally or you've seen one on, on, on TV and, and a politician says something and the crowd erupts in applause and cheering, what, why are they doing that? Because whatever the politician just said, they agree with, they think that is true, that is, yes. That's in essence what amen is. Amen is saying, that is true, that is correct, I agree with that. It, it is a, a statement of certainty and agreement. And so, certainty brings hope. And we can say amen to that. Because hope gets you through the hard times. Think about what gets you through those difficult hard times. It's knowing, it's seeing that there's an end to it. You know, whether your, your, your child taking that medicine, right, you, you take it because you know it'll, it'll get you better. You, you know the end to it. Someone in college taking a class that they don't like, they don't like the professor, they, they do it because they know in a few years they're going to have that degree. Someone going through chemotherapy, they go through that hard time knowing it's, it's the best option they have to, to beat that cancer. Someone that, that has just a horrible boss, you, you go to work because... In the end, you're going to get the paycheck at least. Someone that, that's, that's struggling at home because of, of domestic violence, you, you go through it because you've seen someone else has gone out of it and you see that there, there, is, there can be an end to it. We go through so many difficult times because we see the end. We know there's an end to it. In other words, hope is not based on the situations we find ourselves in right now. Hope is based on the fact of the future. Hope now gets us through what we're going through to get through to the end. So, what has gotten you through difficult times? What is, what is your favorite passage? in the Bible, that, that, that brings you hope. I want you to think about that. I actually want you to share this. Share this with your kids. Share this between services with other Christians. If you're online, hey, put the, your favorite passage in, in the comments of the video, or you can put it in the comment section of the online connection card, or hey, here, write it in the back of the connection card. I want to know what your favorite passage is that, that has given you hope in difficult times. I want you to share this. Share this as a means to, to encourage each other. So think about that. What's, what's your favorite Bible verse that has given you hope? Because you know there's a reason that God has His Word written down. There's a reason that we have a record of God's promises that give us certainty and hope. He wants us to have these promises. He wants us to know His promises. And through that certainty, have hope. So what gives you the, what has given you that hope? A sure, a certain hope? 
a hope in Christ, a hope for a future that won't spoil or fade or go away. It's a hope that, that things will be better, eternally better. They'll be perfect and will be at his side in heaven. A hope that, that means that we are, won't be separated from the love of Christ. Now, Jeremiah, he had a rough life. And if, if you go to read the book of Jeremiah, and it's a really big book, you're going to see just how his life ended. It, it did not end well. But he had hope, a sure, certain hope, for something far better, which he has right now. And so he is a messenger of hope. My friend, let us also be messengers of hope. Amen.